0: This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, distractions, every single one of you deals with distractions. Every single one of us has distractions. And when it comes to us trying to initiate God's vision for our life and turn that vision into action, it's not a question of whether or not distractions are going to come. The question is, when will distractions come and how will we deal with them? The 2010 Olympics, I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did. And one of the compelling stories in the Olympics was uh, the speed skater, Ono, his name is, uh, that here he was, uh, a national hero of sorts for us, and he's in the speed skating race and coming up to the finish line. And who would have thought that right at the finish, just one little touch on the other skaters would disqualify him for a lifelong dream of getting a silver medal or getting a gold, however that would have have played out. And I thought about that when getting this message ready because it's so interesting that distractions sometimes are the most effective in us when we are very, very close to accomplishing the goal. I want you to write down the first thing, observation about distractions, and it's this. Distractions often come when you are close to accomplishment. See, so it's at the front end sometimes when we are highly motivated, we are highly focused, but often it's the back end of the project, when we're close to the finish line, when we're close to accomplishing the goal, that a distraction will come, and that distraction will slow us down. In this case, we see in verse 1, let's read it together, when the, when the word came to Sambala Tobiah, Geshem, and the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall now look at this phrase, and not a gap was left in it. Nehemiah was close to finishing. He goes on to explain, though up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates. If you've ever built a home or been part of a construction project, you know that the doors are the last things you put in. You put in the doors, uh, almost the last possible thing you put in, and here it was, the same thing. He had filled in all the gaps in in the In the walls, and he just not had not put the doors, and he was right at the finish line when this distraction came and there's some things in your life that you have become very close to finishing, but you've got distracted. I think about painting when you first start painting is not is it not fun to take that paint roller and get that large swath i mean that is just such a powerful feeling you know you can just get that big broad Swath of paint on the wall, and, and pretty much from that point, painting goes very fast, and it's really easy to paint a wall, but it's the edging that nobody wants to do. Nobody, and if you do like to do edging, just let me know because I might have some projects for you uh, at my home. Uh, but it's fun to start painting and, and get get the project started. But it's the very end, the edging, that's a little more difficult. And then all of a sudden you could get distracted so easy because it's always towards the end of the project when distractions happen. And isn't that always true about distractions that, that distractions always feel so appealing? You know, I know that it's about to warm up. And, and by the way, just so impressed with all the men and ladies who have signed up for our lawn care team. It's going to be such a better summer because of the high participation that we have. We are just very excited about that. But I'm thinking about my own lawn. And uh, I'm looking forward to warm weather, but I know that there's a lot of work I need to do in my lawn. And isn't it interesting that the couch just looks so much more comfortable when the yard needs to be mowed. And when there's weeds in the garden, all of a sudden that TV show you've ignored all winter just becomes so much more compelling that you just have to watch it why is that, that our distractions are so, so much stronger sometimes in the vision in our life? I want you to write the second, second truth down. Is this. Distractions appear easier than your work. It always is that way. That's what makes a distraction so appealing. Because work is hard. Let me talk to you a little bit about God's work. I want to just give you a simple theology about the work of God. The work of God is this. Work. That's the work of God. So many times we're waiting, waiting for a word from God, or we're waiting for a revelation, or we're waiting for an opportunity, or we're waiting for the pastor to uh, specifically call us out of the crowd and say, you are called to this ministry, or we're waiting for an invitation, and 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 we just think, oh, When will the work of God start in me? You know, the work of God starts when you work. And when you just do the things that you're supposed to do. Or do the things that need to be done. See, God gave Nehemiah a vision to rebuild the wall. And that vision was exciting. It was compelling. It was grand. That vision allowed him to rally people around his cause. And isn't it fun to talk about the dream? And I could do that. I I had a... A, a, a meeting this afternoon where with with Paul me and Paul were talking I said paul, I just need to just to share some ideas with you and I shared some just incredible ideas some ideas for this property for other buildings don't get nervous there's no building fun, no building campaign happening but you share with them some ideas and it is fun and exciting to dream the wall needs to rebu- be rebuilt Nehemiah and i said isn't that fun but then you find out that the work of God isn't always just goosebumps and and fun stuff it is stone upon stone upon stone layer upon layer brick upon brick and you guys that are here tonight you know that because that's what you're doing here at this church you know one of the things exciting things that happened. we have a great problem right now our children's ministry is exploding last wednesday night we had almost 50 kids last wednesday night so deanna came with me he came to me uh, this week, half excited and half scared, said, I've got a great problem. We have to totally, totally revamp our Wednesday night program because we have too many kids. We have more kids than we've ever had before. And what a great, that's the work of God. The work of God is just work. You just have to work and, and get after it stone upon stone, brick upon brick, layer upon layer. But the distractions always seem better. Look at verse 2 of Nehemiah 6. It says, Symbolic and Geshem sent me this message. Come Let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. You know, for Nehemiah, who had been up there and he was trying to finish the wall, how appealing must that have felt. Nehemiah, come on off the wall. Come on down and let's meet in the plains in one of the villages. Let's have a meeting there and be comfortable for a little bit. And see, probably what that was, that was for those... Uh, for those accusers and those enemies, they were offering him a peace treaty. They're saying, come on down, let's make a peace treaty. We've been harassing you, but we want to make a peace treaty. But what they were really trying to do was trying to get Nehemiah off the wall, trying to pull him off. It was a distraction. Their, their call to get him off the wall was a major distraction. And here's the, the, the problem with that, is sometimes the distractions in our life can seem very positive. I mean, it would be very easy for Nehemiah to say, what a great opportunity. God has turned my enemies in my favor. I've worked very hard on this wall. Why don't I just come down and stop the work so I can meet with these enemies? And there's a couple of things that I want you to put on your notes that are different types of distractions. And A is this opportunities. And I want you to understand something. This is A, that... Not every opportunity that is good is the right opportunity. It's it's easy sometimes to, to just easily think, oh, if the opportunity is good and everyone else thinks it's a good idea, then I have to do it. But if the opportunity is good, but it takes you off God's vision for your life, it can be a major, major distraction. Just because something is positive and affirmed and good and justifiable doesn't mean it's God's will for you. That's why you have to have the Holy Spirit to discern that which is of God and that which is not. Because a distraction is very, very easy to justify. If you can't justify it, then it wouldn't be so compelling. It's easy to come up with an excuse to not really pursue God's vision for your life. It's easy to... To justify that and and that excuse, be well. Look at this opportunity God has for me, and it might be good and acceptable, and it might be something that's socially acceptable, and everyone else thinks, yeah, you should do that. But if it's taking you off the wall, it might not be God's will for your life. Uh, One of the things that that is really, really in my spirit right now is I was talking with within the last few months with someone I really trust in the Lord. And uh, they had spoken some things over my life that had come to pass, and and they were speaking some very very encouraging things to me. And they said some. They said, "Aaron, God's about to bring you some opportunities that you're going to have to say no to for His best." And there was an excitement in my spirit about that. And I've seen some of that happen in a very small measure. But I was talking to some of my prayer partners today about that, and I said, "Listen, I want." I want to have a prayer team out of this church, and that's starting to birth. Uh, a step of that's going to be our Friday intercessory prayer group that's going to start next Friday. That's starting to birth where there's some prayer partners in my life that, that I want to make sure that that just because opportunities are good, that it doesn't take me off the wall of this church. Because God's called me to this body. He's called me to this church. He's called me to build upon His work there. And so... You have to understand that just because it's a good opportunity, and and Nehemiah could have thought that when he was invited off the wall, it could be a distraction in your life. Some of you have a clear vision to spend time with your family, and you realize that the years you have with your kids are very crucial, and yet there's advancement at your job, and there's overtime opportunities, and there's, there's chance for you to climb the corporate ladder very quickly. And it could be, it could be for you that by working more, it's gonna take you off the wall of building your family. I know that's not true for everybody, but for some of you that very well could be the case. I know some of you that you need to understand that you when if you have a vision for your family, you might need to delay some of your recreational activities. I, I knew of a man who who talked about what he did to grow godly kids and he loved the game of golf. And he played the game of golf once a week, and he had the resources to do it. He had the talent to do it. But when his children were young, he made a decision. He said, I am not going to play golf for the years that my kids are raised. And he influenced his kids in a great way. Now he can play all the golf he wants, but he doesn't regret that decision at all because he didn't let a good opportunity, having the resources, the opportunity to play golf, keep him away from what God, God had for him. Uh, One of the things I think we need to understand is from a financial standpoint. We we did a whole message on finances a couple of weeks ago. But I believe that you need a clear financial vision for your life. That's one of the reasons why a couple of Sundays ago that I encouraged all of you to open a savings account. Uh, That's one of the things, a part of you being a giver, we get up here on a regular basis and say you need to give to the church. But part of being a giver is also saving. So even if it's $10 a month, $20 a month, Get a savings account that's separate from the rest of your finances so you can start saving so you can be a long-term giver. And you have to have a vision for your finances. You see, I know not all of us are where we want to be financially right now, but can I tell you that it's brick upon brick, layer upon layer, one debt, then a second debt, a third debt, a fourth debt. And I believe that you can be debt-free as soon as eight years from now, six years from now, some of you three years from now. You can do it if you have a vision, but here's what happens. You're on the wall, and you're building your savings, and you're reducing your debt, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a great distraction comes. And this is usually how it comes. A -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. A vacation that will never come your way again. A car that you've never seen before. And I just want to say this. One of the things that I'm starting to learn, and some of you who have been down the journey further than me, there are very, very rare once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. There really is. A lot of the things that we think are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, they come back around again, and we can do those again. So when you're building yourself financially, don't come off the wall and, and ruin your vision for finances just because... Of something temporary, something that 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 could be a distraction, just because it's good. You see, we we are lied to. We don't understand how the marketing agencies and the sales techniques lie to us. I mean, I am I enjoyed you know seventy percent of the Super Bowl commercials. Thirty percent of them were just pure trash, but the other seventy percent that were amusing and fun, uh, and, and I enjoyed watching them all. But but the underlining. A theme of that is trying to create dissatisfaction within us. And as God's believers, we just have to have a vision that says, you know, one stone upon the other, one layer upon the other, we will get out of debt. We will have savings, and we're not going to come off that wall. Even if the opportunity is good, even if the trip is compelling, even if the the bigger house is compelling, we're not going to come off that wall until God says so, and we're ready to do that. Here's the second thing is this, is be Social shortcuts that require compromise. That can be a distraction in our life. Shortcuts. A lot of times we think that God's vision in our life is so compelling that we're going to take this shortcut to get there. And I just want to say this that if you compromise your character to try to accomplish God's vision for your life, you failed. I want to say that again. If you compromise your character to try to accomplish God's vision for your life, you failed. Because he is concerned about the process, he's concerned about our character. He—that's really the whole reason we're here. He is forming Christ within us. And so, don't get so uh, focused on the end product that you take the distraction of a shortcut in between. And here's number three: is this distractions create excuses for you to stop your work? That's number three. Distractions create excuses for you to stop your work. And we all love excuses because it's so much easier to believe than excuse. It's so much easier to justify an excuse instead of moving forward. Now let's talk about some of the specific distractions that Nehemiah faced here. Look at, look at verse 4 and 5 of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 6. Four times... Think about this. Four times they sent me the same message. Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, Sam Bollett sent his aides to me with the same message. And, his hand was, and in his hand was an unsealed letter. Under number three, I want you to write this under letter A. Per, the persistence of people will steal your focus. Can I tell you that? People can be a distraction. People can the enemy can use people in your life to consistently bring a distraction over and over and over again. Not one time, not twice. This case four times, five times, over and over again. And the persistence of people will distract you. And that's why in your life, yeah, you have to understand that in order to not give in to distractions, you have to learn a very powerful word that is. No. No. I don't care how much I like you. I don't care how much I, that that you are going to continue to bring this issue to me. My answer is no because I have a very clear vision for my family. I have a very clear vision for my ministry. I have a very clear minute, a vision for God's call on my life, my financial vision. And I'm going to say no to this opportunity even though you're going to come to me over. And over and over again. You see that if, you know, in order to lead people, you have to lead yourself. And if you can never say no to others in your life, even well-meaning people, even people who are just persistent, you know, people are pushy. People are pushy. And ultimately, pushing people who force you to do something, they really don't want your best interests. They want their own best interests. So they keep pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. That's not for you. It's for them. So you have to be able to say no, even if it's the fourth time, the fifth time, just like him. Here's, here's letter B. Criticism or false accusations. Did you notice that earlier uh, when we were reading the scripture in verse 6 and verse 8? That the false accusations here were just ludicrous. We'll, we'll look at this again in verse 6. It says, it's reported among the nations. And Geshem says it's true too. I don't know. You know, maybe Geshem just had extra power. I'm not exactly sure about that. The commentaries didn't say that you and the Jews are planning to revolt. Here it was. They were just coming to rebuild the wall. They had a very clear mission from the king. And it says, you're getting ready to revolt, and therefore you're building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, have you ever had these reports in your life? This still chatter. Remember the huddles we talked about last week when people huddle up and criticize and gossip? These reports you are about to become their king. That would have been a major revolt. And have even appointed prophets, I'm in verse 7, to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. False accusations, and that will be a major distraction. A major distraction in your life. Here's C. I want you to write this in letter C. Is fear. Fear is a major distraction. And at the end of this passage, in verse 9... We'll look at this again. It says they were all trying to frighten us. How many of that? Of all the distractions I can imagine, fear is the most powerful distraction, because fear and paranoia and the thought of what is the unknown will will cause us to freeze. It will cause us to not even be able to move. And here it is that it says they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work, and it will not be completed. Isn't that a distraction when people begin to speak over you? You're not going to get the job done. You're not going to finish. It's too late. You get too late at the start. You don't have the right resources. You don't have the right people around you. And so he goes on, and, and this is the response. We're going to skip verse 10 and go down to verse 11. Nehemiah said, but I said, should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. Here he boldly declared he was not going to give in to fear. He was not going to give in to paranoia. He was not going to give in to false accusations. He was not going to give in to any type of distraction. Why? Because God had called him to rebuild that wall. Here's the last thing I want to share with you, and this is number four. And this is the heart of our message today, our teaching. Accomplishing the vision is always greater than the distraction. Accomplishing the vision is always greater than the distraction. And that's what I want you to hear tonight. Because some of you have very defined distractions in your life. They could have been some of these things. It could be fear of the unknown. It could be an accuser. It could be criticism, as we discussed last week. You have very, very clear distractions in your life. But can I just let you know that God's original vision is always greater than the distraction. Sometimes the distraction you have in your life feels so strong that it feels more powerful than the original vision. But can I remind you tonight, the original vision is from God. The distraction is not from God. It's from the enemy. It's from from the source of the father of lies. That's the only language he knows. He's lying to you and he's trying to tell you that this distraction is going to be better than the vision he has for your life. Look again at verse 3. I wanted to go back and visit Nehemiah 6.3. I love this line. He says, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. I want you just to meditate on that line for a second. I am carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? The New Living Translation says it this way. It says, I am engaged in a great work so I can't come down. Let's leave that passage up for a second because I want you to meditate on the, those words. Because one of the, the, the greatest challenges in your life is to finish those things that God has called you to do. To be a finisher. To finish the work. To find out what He's called you to do. To find out what he's called, who, who He's called you to be. And to build that wall, stone upon stone, layer upon layer, and it grieves me, it grieves me to see the work of God that starts in men and women that is cut short. It grieves me to, to see how, how people who are so focused on the Lord, so focused on His call, just have things right, will let a distraction, and they'll come down that wall, stone upon stone, layer upon layer, keep building, keep building, and something's going to come in your life that's going to distract you. And you say, no. And just like that word says, I am carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. I just want to speak to the mothers in here. And I just want to tell you, those of you who are mothers, especially if your children are still in the, in, you're still raising them, and I guess you never stop being a mom. You never do. I thank God for my mom's role in my life. And I remember her mother who's passed away some time ago, that she always continued a role in my mom's life and in our lives. So you never stop being a mom. But there's those crucial years and there's crucial time periods. And it's so easy as a lady to be distracted because there's so many options, and rightfully so. I'm so glad for the options women have today. I'm not one of those that believe women should be uh, stuck in the dark ages. I think that they should get paid what men get paid and have the same rights men have. But I do believe this, is that there's a God-ordained call That a woman has that she can reach the heart of a child, a special role, and there's a lot of distractions that happen. And can I just encourage you to stay on that wall and keep building your kids and keep influencing their kids and and, and keep speaking into their lives and don't come down from that wall. Don't, Don't be distracted from that. Men, listen, you have power, you have authority to make lots of money. You have power, you have authority to create create businesses and ideas and do it, go for it, but also build His church. Build His kingdom. Take those resources you have and, and, and build that which will last because do you know the only thing that will last in this world is the church of Jesus Christ? That's the only thing that will last in eternity. Build His church. Let your family build their lives around the church and about the activities of the church. Wall upon wall, layer upon layer. And you know what? Opportunity is going to come. Opportunity is going to come to get off that wall. But say no. Just like that scripture says behind me, I am carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. Let the vision of God be so compelling in you that nothing can take it down. And you know what? Sin is the greatest compelling thing that wants to take us down. Some of you are, are building marriages. And listen, building a marriage is difficult work. And it's hard work. So when temptation comes, whether it be be a, a co-worker, whether it be something less personal that, that would cause your heart to, to drift, something on the computer, something on the TV, say, no, I'm building a marriage, layer upon layer, wall upon wall. I can't come down. I'm building something great. I can't. Come down from the wall. Nothing is going to distract me. And when the relationship with the Lord, that's where everything flows. Everything, everything. Let nothing be more important than your love for Him, than your heart being right with Him. You know, reading in Hebrews this morning, in Hebrews chapter two, it warns us to, to don't let our hearts drift. And we're foolish if we think if we think that our hearts can't drift just because we've been in church a long time. You know my heart. I I know I'm a pastor. Y'all pay me to preach to you a couple times a week. But my heart can drift tomorrow. It can if I'm not centered on the cross. If I'm not on that wall building my spiritual life, stone upon stone, layer upon layer, Bible study upon Bible study, prayer time upon prayer time, worship service upon worship service, worship time upon worship time. That's how we build it. Stand with me. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, open the eyes of our understanding right now. I think the Holy Spirit wants to just open your eyes right now to distractions. First of all, the Lord is bringing you, uh, there's a spiritual memory He's bringing back to you right now. There's a spiritual memory of, of when the call was fresh, when the desire was strong, when the sacrifice was willing. The Lord's bringing back a memory. and He says that's not just for your past, that's for your today. That's for your today. That there, is, there is a fresh Passion for the things of God. This has nothing to do with age. I just want to talk to you about age and the Lord. There's a spirit of Caleb that's for you. The spirit that says, I'm going to take this mountain in my last years. There's a passion. Some of you that, that might be chronologically young. You might just be in your 30s, your 40s, your late 20s. But the Lord just wants to warn you tonight. You might be young in your age, but in your spirit, in your spirit, You've been distracted. And that love and passion for God is not fresh like it was. That desire to build this church isn't fresh like it once was. And the Lord says, get back on the wall, stone upon stone, layer upon layer. You are doing a great work. You can't come down. You cannot come down from the work God has for you. It's a great and powerful and mighty work. And let's just continue this This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.